two, one. This podcast is brought to you by Irish supplement company, Revive Active. As GA training has returned for all adults, Revive Active's Zest Active aims to support your energy, immune system and muscle function, while their joint complex aims to support your cartilage, connective tissue and bones. This makes them the ideal supplements for the GA season ahead. As always, you can get 10% off all products on reviveactive.com using the code BACKDOORGA10. I'd like to be joined by Monaghan senior footballer and owner of Breakthrough Performance, Desi Ward. Uh, Desi has set up an online GA program um, with Breakthrough Performance. How's, what's the reaction been like, Desi? Yeah, it's been great now, uh, Paul. We've been... Um, getting a lot of uh, a lot of views and a lot of comments and um, I suppose a lot of people are getting in contact with us just to ask a few questions about about what exactly there is involved and things like that but no it's been it's been brilliant and it's been class to see so many people you know and on uh, club teams and county teams sharing it and sort of passing passing it on to to others so it's been brilliant in that regard um as i said to a few friends and that um it's something that you know it, it can be a long-term thing like it's not something that needs you know people need to get involved in with straight away the programs will always be on our website and if there's something that you think that you could uh, improve or use to improve your game you can go onto the website and buy it at any point so um it, it's brilliant like it's 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 there it took a long time to get set up but it's sitting ready to go now which is which is the main thing and there's always loads of things that we can be adding to it as well so um but initially the initial reaction has been brilliant and we're thankful to everybody that has sort of reacted to to what we've set up and it's obviously been a major help to, to have some of the intercounty players involved with the program that have been with it. Yeah, absolutely. No, um, I suppose that was that was the big uh, the big attraction to it, or what what really I wanted to get out of it was trying to get a few of the best county players in Ireland involved in it. Because I suppose growing up, I would have always looked for some sort of inspiration or something to try and bring me to that next level and I never really had a structure I never had a plan in place to try and you know bring it to the next level I was always sort of going off the cuff or maybe you know just doing what we were doing and training um but there was nothing sort of extra out there you know back five six years ago or even even longer that uh, I could follow to try and bring myself to the next level so this is like getting an insight into what other players are doing while also bringing my experiences and Barry in the gym like it just gives a whole new dimension and it can show can show everybody that there is wee parts of, uh, of the game that you can be working on you know even when you are training with your club team just to try and bring your game to the next level so like as I said um, in our video that it's not just for um, the likes of a club player it's not just for juveniles growing up it's there's literally anyone can learn from what the lads have brought to the table so like if you if you're to buy a program or if you go onto our website you can pick out the areas that you need to work on so just for talk's sake if it's speed um, you just 
pick your speed program and once you buy your speed program you can go in and you'll see the lads have broke down as uh, you know each aspect of speed like agility speed power those kind of things and there's option you know you'll see see each exercise and then the lads have videoed each of them to show you exactly how to do that exercise so um because most people won't get access to those players or seeing them face to face or them being able to take them through a session and this is probably the next best thing yeah and you mentioned there's a I suppose a range of areas uh, that you can do in this program, but I suppose it helps as well for a lot of people who go to a GA pitch just by themselves being able to do stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's what we wanted. We wanted to make it as simple as possible so that you on your first couple of days of looking at the program, you might need, you know, like it could say something like an icky shuffle and you're looking at the program saying, what, well, what's an icky shuffle? You have it on your phone that you can just go and you can see the likes of, you know, Connor McKenna uh, explain how to, or, you know, explain how to do an icky shuffle and how to perform that action. And then by the next time, two or three times you do it, you know, that'll be ingrained in your, in your, mind that you don't actually need to look at it and it's just becoming you know something that you're used to doing and you're just developing all the time with that then absolutely um and just for the program if anyone would want to access it's quite simply you just go on to the web website and pay for it but as well is like from the i suppose topics that you have on this website do you feel there ha- they have been areas of decline in the GA world maybe in the last year or two. Yeah, it's hard to know. I suppose the way things are at the moment, I suppose everybody is, you know, there's a lot of um, different sports being brought in, you know, like people are always trying new things. And by all means, like everybody, I think everybody should try new sports and that. But I suppose one thing myself and Conor McKenna talked about whenever I was trying to set this up was that there's not actually that, you know, much with regard promoting GEA um, in this type of way. So Conor was saying when he was out playing AFL, like there was so much promotion around the AFL players and they were always trying to get promotion um, to bring, you know, to bring that, you know, fan base along with them, I suppose. With GEA, it's probably in all of our natures that we don't promote it that much and we sort of don't go on to the, onto a camera screen and talk about it all that often because maybe because it's an amateur sport or whatever. But I just feel that, you know, this is something that can bring a few more people along with us. You know, if there's like, I suppose, at that age of, you know, 14 to 18 where people would normally drop off, maybe there's something that they could they could find in these programs to help them stay along with the, you know, stay along in GEA. I suppose we were lucky enough that we had the likes of development squads and things like that. But a lot of people, you know, don't make development squads. But these here can be, these programs can be wee stepping stones to bring you along that process and stay, you know, stay involved in the GEA. And especially between, you know, like, 18 and 22 or 23 it's very hard to break into you know your senior team but these programs have the tools and the the wee bits and pieces that you know you you can concentrate on to actually get you into that you know to that bracket of playing senior football so that's sort of the the idea behind it and the why we want to wanted to bring 
all the lads together to try and push it that wee bit more. And yourself, uh, being back playing for Monaghan, I suppose, during the lockdown and everything and not knowing uh, when you were going to come back was obviously toughy, but it must be so delightful now to be back and have that structure in your life, being able to go back training. Absolutely. You said it. Structure is a big thing, I suppose. It was unreal how how you could let things slip, like you could spend your day, you know, lying in bed, watching Netflix, doing different things like that, that just aren't much benefit to you at all in any aspect of life so the fact that there is that wee bit of structure back with with football now we you know every week you know that you're training on your Tuesday or Thursday night or whatever and brings that wee bit of something to look forward to as well um definitely I'm delighted to be back anyway it was a, a long period of you know getting out onto a field and running on your own and stuff like that and it just wasn't the same like you don't you know there's questions running through your head a lot of why am I doing this or whatever but I suppose now those questions are sort of answered like you know exactly what what the aim is or what the goal is now that you're back playing with Monaghan and um, it's just it's brilliant I'm delighted to be back and I'm sure most fellas on the on the Monaghan panel at the minute will be saying the same thing. Were you very eager to come back especially after the performance against Kevin last year? To which are you Paul? Just the performance last year against Cavan, did it make you very eager to come back and hit the ground running? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, it, it probably brings that bit of uh, hunger back to it as well. Like, uh, obviously, we've had a couple of poor seasons now uh, at this stage, but it just leaves it that, you know, personally, I hate losing. And I think most boys in air on air panel would feel the exact same way. And just the fact that things didn't go to plan and probably things that we had worked on and trained to try and put in place for that game didn't come off just leaves it all that you know brings leaves it all that more hungry to get back and try to prove people wrong so there's a lot of people saying that are writing Monaghan off of late and we're just here to try and prove them wrong now at the moment and obviously and try to enjoy been back playing football as well I suppose there was a lot of dis- disappointment coming from that, so it'd be nice to just get back out, get a couple of wins under a belt, and hopefully progress progress as uh, as the season goes on. So, um, obviously this weekend will be a big test for us as well. Now playing Tyrone, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And but again, it's just brilliant to be out competing again, and um, hopefully we'll be able to to uh, progress a wee bit further than we did obviously last year and we bring that hurt into it when we are playing championship football come uh, come the Fermanagh game. And Donny Buckley coming into the management setup this year, I presume he's added a lot of value uh, to the setup. Yeah, absolutely. Donny's um Donny's brilliant. He uh, he probably brings a different uh, different mindset to to it than maybe other trainers and coaches and management teams that we would have had previously but um he has a wealth of knowledge there like I suppose he was involved with a lot of teams over the years and he's just he's a top class trainer um, I suppose it's down to us now to bring to the table what he is uh, what he's trying to enforce with us so um again a lot of it will be down to us but absolutely Donny's a, Donny's a top class trainer. Yeah, and you mentioned there about the league. Um, probably disappointing uh, with their MR result early on, but the Donegal uh, performance has to give you a lot of confidence, even 
the performance of Conor McCarthy and Aaron Mulligan and Stephen O'Hanlon. There's a lot of talent in that Monaghan squad that probably a lot of people around the country wouldn't realise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose I was saying that earlier that you see these uh, lads performing week in, week out in training and I suppose it was only a matter of time before um, it happened on the on the big stage or in a league in a league game like that and um, I think there's like as you say like there's loads of there's loads of uh, quality in the team and it just leaves that there's competition for places and that's all that you can nearly ask for at the minute um, where you know things are going well I suppose the Armagh game was our first game back things didn't go as we obviously wanted it to go but there was loads of positive take from that we had like loads of newcomers come in that day and got game time and then you know even the likes of um you know not having to start like some of the older players that you know would have been playing every other season like and they still got in and got to mix with the younger players so I think there's a good blend in the team at the minute and I suppose everybody's sort of working hard to try and break into that um into that starting 15 and then even the 26 so there's loads of competition for places and that's exactly what we what we need at the minute yeah and the group system in the league it must add a bit of bite to it as well I suppose because the three games like especially in the north group now it's it's so open and like every team really wants to retain the division one status for a start yeah absolutely no well they like it just a little like a little a little mini Ulster championship at the minute. So it um it's obviously bringing a lot of uh, a lot of competition and um you know one slip up like and you could be you could be facing relegation you know so um it is like a mini championship and it brings that wee bit of bite and every night you're coming back to training you you know that there's pressure on you for the weekend ahead. So um it's probably I suppose managing that pressure and being able to. Um, tune into the game at the weekend and make sure that you're trying to come out on the right side of it. I suppose it's not to be all and end all either. Uh, we know that, you know, like we're still trying to develop the team. We're still trying to develop the way we play. So it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world if, you know, something doesn't go right in a game or there's periods of the game that don't go well, as long as we're sort of, you know, learning from it and bringing bringing it to the table whenever it really matters is that, you know, that we're, we're learning, we know exactly how to move forward. And like you mentioned earlier, you picked up an injury, so you haven't been able to play yet, but you obviously hope um, to play this weekend. But from watching the new rules from the sideline, has it been frustrating? Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, like, I suppose I was lucky enough to like at the first day out I was playing in it and it was actually frustrating enough to be involved in playing with it with with some of the some of the rules but I suppose it's just a wee bit of inconsistency with it like I suppose you see in different games there was penalties been given for you know the, the pull down inside the D or inside the 20 or whatever but and then in games that we were playing in like especially watching the Donegal from the game from the sideline, probably would have felt that we might have got one of those calls. But at the same time, it's very hard. Like uh, I would never, I would never fancy being a referee at the minute with with the amount of rules that are involved. Like, but um, I suppose it probably takes it out of the hands of the players a wee bit more now. It means that referees are sort of making their decision based on what they see and it's it's very hard for them to make it you know make a call 100% or the correct call 100% of the time 
Um, definitely sitting watching it, there's a lot more frustration goes through you than when you're playing. I suppose you can calm it, you can relax yourself and make sure that you're focusing on the next player, the next um, the next possession. But when you're sitting watching the lads on the sideline, it's very easy to get, you know, sort of get frustrated and get on the referee's back. But to be honest, I just feel like there's probably too many rules brought in and it's very hard for the referees to manage everything that's going on like they've enough to be worrying about without you know four or five new rules been brought in and I must give I suppose inter-county players it must delight you in one way that there could be talks of a possible possibility of crowds coming back later in the year because I'm sure it's still strange playing with no crowds yeah it it is surely no. I think I think uh, probably hearing that news gives us all a wee bit of a boost. Like it'd be brilliant to have our supporters back. You know, being there just to to watch or hearing that bit of a you know bit of a roar if something if something goes well. It it always give you that wee bit of a, um, extra energy. But I suppose it's nearly the the fact that we've been playing without supporters over the last probably you know it's probably a year and a half now or whatever it's nearly become normal enough. Like it, it, it'd probably take a wee bit of getting used to having supporters back and probably bring that wee bit of nervousness back into it as well. But in saying that, it's definitely something that I'd like um, to see to see happen. I'd love to have supporters back in the grounds and just bring that wee bit of more of a buzz to it. So I'd be, I'd be happy to see them coming back for sure. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. But um, thanks William, for your time, Desi, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. No problem. Thanks very much, Paul. Joined by Paulie Cassan, Joe Sheridan and Danny Hughes to look ahead to round three of the Allianz National Football League. Danny, I'll come to you first because uh, supporters now allowed to attend matches up to a crowd of 500 in Northern Ireland. So it definitely will be, I suppose, a bit more, a bit more easier viewing now to see some supporters at games. Ah, it's phenomenal. Um, I suppose this is something that we uh, we've all been looking forward to, and you know, even even today, we were uh, I was I was out and about today, and I and I got to go into a, a coffee shop for uh, for a cup of tea actually, and it was great. It was great. It's it's nearly like a this is very simple things in life now we can do, and uh, it will it'll definitely add the atmosphere. Um, I'm not too sure how many will start going to down games now, given the way we are, the way we're playing and and, and things. But uh, it's certainly you have to look forward to it, and uh, hopefully the South will will follow follow suit very soon. Yeah, hopefully. And talking about the North, um, we may as well get into Division One North straight away. Mm. Um, all the games will be this Saturday at half seven, and each team can still qualify for the semi-finals. Um, if we look at the first game, um, Tyrone and Monaghan um, at half seven in Oma, um, Tyrone, uh, Joe, how do you think they'll look at the league so far? Yeah, well, obviously with new management coming in, trying obviously to shape the team and, and put their own stamp on it after Mickey Hart's tenure in charge. And it, it will be hard to change. You know, some, some players will be open with that maybe weren't, Sort of getting as much game time when Mickey was there, and others would be sort of setting their ways from being under a certain type of management for the last 15 years, you know. So it, it is hard to change that mindset. So it, it's 
Look, I think they've probably yeah, they've probably done as well as they possibly could do under the situation. And uh, with new management coming in, very little contact with players over the last number of months. So you know they look to have set up a lot more attacking than Mickey was involved. And that's not saying like Mickey Mickey Hart seems still scored a lot of points. They, they still attacked, but they ju- were just very conservative in the defensive side of things. They always dropped the sweeper back. Um, and it doesn't look as evident this time with, with the, the new management for Tyrone. So that they'll be happy. Um, obviously, they'll be looking for a win this weekend and give them a chance to, you know, push into the, the top side of the, the division. And I, I can see it happen. Uh, Monaghan now, you know, the, the first game, they were a wee bit disappointing. Um, second game is game they should have won. And it's... I don't think they're gonna they're gonna struggle against Throne as well. You know, Throne's forward line looks very, very impressive. Um, you know, Dara Kahneman looks very, very good. I haven't seen him as much as I probably have seen this year. Or when you're looking at the games on Teddy, but he's a very balanced footballer. He's very clever. He's not scoring that much, but he seems to be a very good playmaker and can see a pass that sort of when you look back, he can lick it off the ground. You know, so it's he's got a lot of his skills off his father, and it's great to see and. Um, you you look at some of the other players that are coming in, and uh, with Donny and McCory and these boys that that are playing well, and um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I, I can see them putting up a good big score against Monham to prepare, and um, I, I expect them to win. And Paddy, something different Monham are doing this year in the league. Um, sure, Wiley didn't start the last day. The Hughes was McManus. They're all being held in reserve and. Like for Monaghan, it did work the last day because some of the youngsters really came into their shell and played some outstanding fo- football like Aaron Mulligan, Stephen O'Hanlon and we finally seen Conor McCarthy come to life as well. Yeah, but I, I think there could be a twofold kind of reason there. Like is that right? When we mentioned before, like to say Monaghan, their panel, irrespective of the new guys, it still would be tight, you know, compared to maybe a Tyrone or a Donegal and so on. So it's kind of saying, right, they're weighing up the risk of war there, maybe starting some of their senior players, who's particularly because of the COVID preparation or whatever. And they're maybe saying, right, no, no, it's it's just too risky. Like they want, they're, you know, like the Darren Hughes is Conor McMahon is, you know, is in the day you can't replace right now. You still, as, as well as Conor McCarthy, they just still have very hard to replace. They still need Conor McManus, and I presume they'll be they'll be looking to start him. So I think there's an element of minding them, to agree. And all, but also at the same time, I think there's a way then they realize they still don't have enough depth. But how do you go, how do you create depth? Well, then you've got to give guys opportunities. And sometimes it's not necessarily even some of the very new guys, but someone like Conor McCarthy, who's been around for a couple of years, but say he's in a forward line with Conor McManus. Conor McManus is still the focal point, like. So sometimes, you know, like suddenly now Conor McManus isn't there, like. Well, then you're, you know, it's, it's, it gives the likes of Conor McCarthy an opportunity to take on more leadership and step up, like. And I think he'd have poor first out against um, Donegal like and he stepped up the last day so I just think uh, no again we're obviously not, we're not privy to it goes on the camp but I just think it's it, there's a kind of a combined point focus there on what they're trying to do like and I think that if they can reach the end of the league obviously stay up in division one but they've taken they have their key guys healthy and gradually build their game time but also they have other guys taking on more responsibility and improving performance but I think that's just a win-win then regards to looking ahead to championship. And for Tyrone, Danny, do you think midfield is an area of concern for them? Um, Declan McClure came in the last day and I think he was taken off during the game and Frank Burns is there and he's kind of been half forward, half back. 
Yeah, well, I don't see Frank Burns as a natural midfielder there, that's for sure. Um, McClure's a bit different where he has played there uh, at times in the past. And I think it really depend. It'll really depend on who they're playing. Um, I think that possibly when when they were looking at Armagh, they were looking at uh, Frank Burns has has sometimes picked up a man Morgan role. So you know he has done a job there, and that's all. At times, if you're looking to snuff out an opposition player, you just want somebody to negate their influence. Um, so I say that that was the reason there. I, I don't see Tyrone, I've, I've never seen the Tyrone as a big uh, midfield as a, as a problem area. You have players like Matty Donnelly that could go in there, and Matty Donnelly's obviously one of the best players in Ulster. Um, you've, you've also, albeit, you've been taking him out of a, a, of a you know, position up front where he'd be very strong at centre half forward or full forward is, is um, Conor McKenna. Um, but he could equally go and do a job at midfield if you if you needed that, and that wee bit of freedom that you go, do get in midfield could actually suit Conor McKenna at times. So, um, no, I, I don't think it would be a major area of concern for me personally. Um, they had a good one last week uh, against Armagh, and that that particular contest always fiercely competitive, uh, no matter how. I suppose bad either team is. Uh, it'll all be very, very always be very close. Always has been, um, but I think Tyrone will be happy just to get a the first one under their belt under the two guys, new managers. Um, you know, and they won it by five points in the end. They pulled away in the last quarter. That shows you know a good wee bit of character, a wee bit of class, and a wee bit of fitness there. So, um, I think I think Tyrone will build nicely. Um, I don't think they'll be too worried about Donegal the first day out. You know, especially a game where, where Murphy and McBrady were really on fire. And you seen when when Murphy went off for Donegal last weekend, you see how they struggled against Monaghan. Um, and I was actually surprised how well Monaghan played against Donegal. Um, you know, they were beaten by Armagh in the first round. Um, I still think Monaghan really struggled without Conor McManus influence. And to see McCarthy bag three goals and have to such an influence on the game, you have to say that it's, it's very positive um, going forward. McCarthy is a man that, you know, nearly, uh, how would you say it, uh, he, he is huffed and puffed, uh, you know, in that Monaghan forward line. He is almost um, threatened to do that on numerous seasons over the, you know, and he would have a brilliant, brilliant game and then, maybe not back that brilliant game up with consistency. So I think it'll do McCarthy the world of good. I think he needs to consistently perform week in, week out. And as you said, in the first game, his influence was was negligible. So uh, I think uh, Monaghan, uh, it'll not be an easy game. Again, a bit of a cliche where the, these matches between these two guys tend, tend not to be, uh, tend to be very close, uh, very well Com, uh, very competitive on both sides but I just see Tyrone having that wee bit more of a rounded team better up front I just see them winning that match and uh, again I suppose then that'll nearly almost reduce Monaghan to, to the relegation status you know so uh, yeah I would I would, have, I would definitely point to a, a, a Tyrone win And Joe from Monaghan's attack and performance do you think people are being too harsh on them here because, like, even the last day, they did look like they have improved from last year. And even with McInnesby and O'Connell, the two wing backs, they looked like a serious platform for Monaghan driving forward. 
Yeah, and look, um, like four eleven. It was a four eleven. I think they got last. Yeah, it's, it's fair scoring to be fair. Um, and there's not many teams that would score four eleven and lose a game. Um, especially in the first couple of rounds of league league situation. So. Look, maybe we are, but you've got to probably look down. We're probably looking at a reflection down the line what they're going to come up against. Um, in also you've got Donegal and Toronto that are going to play again anyway. Um, you know, so it, it's it's a tough one. You know, it, I, I think Donegal's full back line were very naive. They're struggling a wee bit, and they probably will. That's the line they will probably struggle on. We spoke about this at the weekend about where they'll struggle is their full back line. Um. They returned a couple of times and you know that's where the goals came from, the ball in over the top and the bit of pace that um, McCarthy had and a bit of cuteness as well. So it's um yeah, they'll score. I think they need to start Kieran McManus. Uh Kieran McManus, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um Connor McManus. Um they need to start him. I think this crowd's trying to bring him on. Maybe he's he's a couple of niggle injuries and he's trying to get the fitness levels into him and uh, just give him a few minutes here and there. But he, ha- he has to start for Fomon and to do well, I think. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough road, I think, for Monon. I don't think they're as good as they were maybe four or five years ago. Uh, I don't think they have the same quality of players. Some of the older players are obviously moving on a wee bit and, and they're probably not having the impact that they, they would like on the games anymore. But it's... Um, look, it's... And usually Monon do start well in the league. And that, that's the thing, you know, if they were going sort of half well and that that and there were signs there you could see, but it, it it just doesn't look like a very fresh mono team. They look tired, they look sort of out of out of ideas. Um and it's it's probably something that we'll see probably closer to championship time and when when they're playing sort of the putting thrust of a championship game, see how, how they'll cope with that. But it's uh, it's just not looking exactly how Monon would like it at this stage. The next game, Paddy, is between Armagh and Donegal. And Donegal last year hammered Armagh off the pitch uh, in the Ulster semi final. When you do get a hammering like that the previous year, are you always looking for the next time you're going to play this team to get revenge? I think it's, it's I think it's human nature that you're, you are we're going to be looking for revenge. But then, but it depends how do Armagh compare themselves to this Donegal team, like. So, like, you know, at the end of the day, they could, they, if, if they still see Donegal as being a better team, then right, they might throw the kitchen sink at him for a period of time, but then still end up losing the game by six, seven points. Do you know what I mean? So, I just think I see this game as kind of more of a marker now, like it's the third game now, like, so, the, you know, so it's a case of, is this a different Armagh team? Is, this the, is, is the Armagh team this year a team that's showing more consistency? Because I think we'd all recognise the qualities they have. Obviously, they've played some excellent football and the last few weeks they've changed in the back room but you know based on Armagh form of the last few years you know it could be does it, you'd, you'd predict a poor performance on Sunday do you know what I so I just think this is a kind of a, you know it's a, and this is the beauty of it like it's as much as it's an abbreviated league or whatever but like this is great prepper. This the games on Sunday particularly like I just, you know for, for, for different teams for different reasons and obviously for Armagh because of Donegal the history of last year I just think this is a kind of challenge now, and um, and obviously there's still something at stake regards promotion, or sorry, regards uh, doing well in the league or whatever, or winning the league, and um, yeah. So I, I again, as I said, I just be interested to see how they'll get on. But I just think that for them to put in the performance, they might necessarily win, 
but the, the challenge for them is that they're very they're, they're putting themselves in a position to win the game in the closing stages and I think if they can do that well then that's that's another progress even though there's no such thing as moral victories but, you know Dean I think as well though probably like mentioned it was important for Ahmad you know, to get a result against Tyrone because they haven't beaten a big team mm-hmm. in such a long time to head into championship and to even beat Donegal this weekend like it'd be huge for even the young players in that squad Oh, here, if they get if they won last weekend or if they get a win next weekend, that's even better again. But I suppose I'm coming coming from a position where a team has got well beaten by a team the previous year. Do you know I mean, there's a kind of an up and down yo-yo kind of performance history like? Well then, so I'm just saying like if they if they win, beat Donegal, massive boost for championship. But I'm saying, but if they're in a position that where in the closing stages the game is there to be won and maybe they might come up with a one point loss or something like that. I'm not saying that's what they want, but it, it but that's still something to grab hold of to move forward for the championship like in this kind of way. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of injuries for both of these teams, uh, Danny. I suppose he couldn't really write it for him uh, last weekend, your full back line all going off injured in one game. Um, Danny. Danny's literally just... <laughs> yeah, he seems to be frozen there, but I <laughs> couldn't use the job, but... Um, Armagh, like as I was saying, their their full full backline going off injured in the full game, like it's really unheard of in a game. Yeah, no, it, it obviously doesn't help out the defensive structure and body. You probably know better, you know, if you if you lose one or maximum two in a defence, you know, and, and you have to replace, and you know, most players should be able to slip in, but it's not as easy as saying that. You get used to playing with the lads beside you, and uh, you get used to the sort of the structure that you have in place. So, you know, three lads coming in. It, is a bit of a is a bit of a nightmare for any team to be honest, and um, I think that's when Armagh have struggled. You know the the defensive structure over the last couple of years. They're conceding quite a lot of scores, and they have done even last year as well. Come championship, so it's we have like the they've been they have impressed this year. You know they've they've come on again, and their forward line. You know when you when you look at Reno O'Neill, Grugan, um, even Jarlett Oak. You know that them boys are really driving things on, and um, it was just disappointing last weekend. And it, it's they need that win. You know they, they need that bit of confidence to get that big win to maybe drive them on to the, take it to the next level. And it's um, it, it's 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 going to be a tight game. And I, I, look, especially with the full back line, you know I, I'm not too sure they have the players to be able to just jump in there and, and they'll have the same impact. But it's um, it's it's something that. Obviously, McGinney will be well clued into. He's very organised. I'd imagine he, he. I don't think he'll he'll be leaving any chance, and he'll have probably lads lined up straight away, and they'll be going at it in, in training this week and, and and looking at their options. So, um, McGinney won't be using any excuses as uh, for losing the players, and, and it's literally up to them that they've got to go out, and be fighting for their lives to stay up in the one, and and that's the most important thing I think for them to try and get back to the top table. They need to be playing in Division 1, as we spoke about already. Um, and I think that would be the plan. And for Donegal as well, um, like their defence was cut open the last day and kind of referenced it last year, Danny, as well, like that they've constantly swapped their two centre-half backs. Well, their centre-half backs a lot, like Paul Brennan's been in and out of the team. Do you think it was notable, noticeable why they're changing that so much the last day against Monaghan? 
I think, uh, yes, I, I think that's definitely an area that Donegal are concerned with. And I know, you know, I think in the first two games last year, it obviously wasn't an issue. Um, I think possibly uh, Daglan Bonner thought that he had that uh, particular uh, position and concern uh, racking side. Um, however, obviously with the Ulster final, um, kind of uh, it put that doubt and then again this year with Monaghan and, and how they sort of dismantled Donegal at times and and uh, the nature in, in which they, they cut Donegal very, very open. I would think that that has reared his head. And let's be, let's be honest about it, Neil, Neil McGee isn't getting any younger, but, you know, he's been a fantastic player. But unfortunately, there's there's no substitute for, you know, for, for age and uh, while his experience and stuff is very, very much needed still uh, in that squad and in that team. You know, players that have maybe really, uh, filled in in those positions over the years. Um, I'm thinking of Charlie Lacey himself, who was a phenomenal uh, phenomenal player and played at the halfback. Uh, uh, Frank McLean as well, who, who would have come in there and done a job as the halfback. When you don't have those players about, um, you just miss how influential they can be. If you're Santor or any team and, and Polly, Obviously, and, and Joe will, will be aware of this. If you don't have big players at centre half back and full back, it's nearly like a cancer in any team where it can spread a lot of um, doubt among a defensive unit and, a, and among a team. If you can drive straight up the middle of the team, it's 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 very unsettling. I can make a very I can make a team that are under pressure uh, mentally. I suppose mentally suspect, and uh, Donny Donny will need to get do, that. That position sorted, and, and obviously at fullback as well. I wouldn't discount how important it is that they have a really good, steady fullback. Uh, and Neil McGee has been doing a good job there. But I suppose in a perfect storm where you're missing a centre half back and people are coming at you, and and at the quality of that level, you know what can you do? Um, so it's, it's certainly a concern for Donegal going forward. But you know. It, it, if they don't have the players at the minute, they're just going to have to adapt the system to make sure they're protected. And I see them being more pragmatic like that. Yeah, and I suppose a player we haven't seen a lot of yet, Steve McRenum, he still has to come back. Can you imagine he's going to slot in there somewhere? But is Ryan McHugh a player that can go to six or do you need him attacking from wing back? No, no. You, you, Ryan, Ryan Q in my, in my mind, Ryan Q is a phenomenal wing wing back. Uh, he's brilliant facing the ball as well. So, you know, in the past, you would put Ryan McHugh possibly at wing forward or, or corner forward and tell him to come out and, you know, play as an additional defender or midfielder. But Ryan McHugh facing the ball is a fantastic uh, outlet for Donegal, a brilliant uh, carrier of the ball. Um, great outlet and draws a lot of frees and fouls. Uh, what I've seen from from Ryan McHugh is that he's become really frustrated with tactics that other teams are adopting now to try and negate his influences. Like they're putting man marking defenders, natural defenders on Ryan McHugh to negate his influence. And of course, you know, at, at wing back, as, as a wing forward myself, and Joe, and Joe was was probably the same. And Potty attacked, uh, was a great attack and wing back. There's nothing worse than having to chase the other way, the other direction. So it's uh, 
it's certainly something that uh, Ryan McHugh you know, I'm sure he's been used to it at this stage. He's been around long enough, but very frustrating for him. But I don't see him going to six. I think you need somebody to really maintain that position, make sure that nobody goes right up the middle. And I suppose we'll look over now to Division 1 South. Uh, all them games are taking place on Sunday. Um, Kerry are playing Roscommon uh, in Hyde Park at... 3.45. Um, Paddy, a lot of positives to take for Kerry, but what way do you see them going towards now? Do you see them sticking with the attacking system or going back and throwing more caution to the wind defensively because it's like to concede four goals um, did show some vulnerabilities in that Kerry defence? I, I, I suppose considering that they came back in the game and, and you know, and through good attacking football, I don't see themselves radically changing anything. I just think it would be more a case of trying to execute what they did better. Like, so do you know the way? Like, and we touched it. Even Danny touched it there last weekend. Like, is or was it Joe? Like, in the sense of that, it's like the player, like the defenders. Like I said, Tyke Morley got caught on the. We call it the when Con Callan made the run in behind. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just that awareness of his positioning, or it's even. Like the defense as a whole, their awareness of the danger. Like I don't like I yeah, don't see. Like I, I made that point. There's yeah. no way Joe would have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, it, but I suppose yeah. But it, it, it's a case of do I see? Like I don't see Kerry suddenly. They're certainly not going to set up against Manahan with a sweeper. Like, or sorry, against Ross Common with a sweeper. You know, they're going to. I think they're going to continue the way they are. There might be massive change in the team, particularly in defense. And I just think it's a case of trying to. Um, Basically, you know, execute their whatever setup. And again, we're only again we're observing from the outside. And as I said, there was obviously maybe things they didn't execute on on Sunday that resulted in more space and Dublin taking advantage. Like so, they could, you know, so it might be just a small twist or one player let them like when you're playing more of an open, we call a traditional setup and say back six without any sweeper. Well, then, you know, that's harder to defend against. Like so, again, it could be down to one player. If one player slips up, you don't have a sweeper to bail him out. Like so, maybe those, you know, so there might be a situation where maybe Paul Murphy was in the wrong position or whatever from six or whatever. Like, and that's something maybe that you might see, but I certainly don't see any radical change. Like, if if you look at and you just mentioned Paul Murphy, probably like he ended up full back against mm-hmm. one of the goals, and like yeah. that should never happen. I, and I don't know if it's the way Dublin move around their forward line and that you in and out. Con switches with Kieran Kilkenny, and next thing Paul Murphy stick stuck last man in the full back. You know that's that just should be happening, and, and it's just basic sort of defensive play, and you know being aware of the surroundings. But is it? But then is some of that down to then? Because you know if you think of some of the, the goals that um, Dublin got, they've held possession for a good period of time. So there's a sense of a lot of running, a lot of movement, you know, etc. A bit of chaos, fatigue, yeah. and then you, as you say, I agree. A bit of communication going astray, and suddenly, and but I think in that in that scenario, you still have to give Dublin credit being able to take advantage of it. Do you know what I mean? Like you, like you, in full forward at times, you might have found yourself, like I said, there might have been a mismatch or whatever. Like, and yeah. you probably were thinking, like, Geez, they're never going to kick in the ball. They're not. Yeah. Gonna, they're never. They're never going to see it. Like, you know, like, but they still have the whatever way it goes. Like from experience or the recognizing space or whatever, and then you know that they're. I think it's as much as us. You'd have to applaud Kerry for taking advantage of that, or applaud Dublin for taking advantage of it, you know. And Joe, from playing in the full forward line, do you think Tommy Walsh has really put his hand up now to break into this Kerry team? You know, um, it, it's all 
what type of game they want to play against. Um, the team, he, like to be honest, they could play him this weekend. Obviously, they give him game, game time, but um, to a team starting on the first 15 for Kerry come championship, I don't see it. Um, I think they have a lovely mixture of players at the minute with, with the players that they have. I think they're playing Guinea out of position at wing forward just to accommodate, obviously, Paulie Clifford coming in. Um, you know, and, and that's that's just the way it, way it is. And I was reading during the week, someone was saying, oh, time is catching up on Paul Ganey. Like, he's 30 years of age. Like, no, they're just putting him in his wrong position. He's not a winger. Yeah. And, and, and it's endless, you know. And next thing they write him off, he's, he has a couple of bad games in a position that's not suited to him. And, and next thing that they're falling for his head. So it's um, like Ganey is a sharp shooter. He's, a, he's very. He hasn't had his probably best la- year last year, and he, his confidence has been up. But he's still definitely good enough to be in in, in that that team, you know. When you've got Paulie Clifford coming in, you know, Bro- uh, Brosnan as well. Like he, these boys are flying, you know, and they're very hard to defend against. Obviously, David Clifford is just, you know, there's there's enough being said about him that we don't need to keep keep on about. But it, it's um, the Kerry forward line is going to be very difficult. Get, to get into to be honest um, Tommy Walsh see the, the problem is as well with the ball Tommy Walsh is getting it's not great ball to be honest he did create the penalty um, and it was still he was the ball was straight down on him he was behind the man he probably broke to the right you know so they have to look at the quality of the ball if they're going to put him in there and it's not just long high ball it's, it's like when I was playing for forward just because you might have an advantage in height on a player, you don't want every ball kicked in high. You want obviously every now and again to have, use your advantage. But Tommy Watch is great out winning the ball in front, coming off. He's great hands on him, you know. So they can utilize him in every different way, you know. So it's um it's just how they want to use him and, and, and what how's the best that they can get out of him. And um, but I I can't see him starting. You know, they'll probably change things up. They've what they've got three points, you know, so they're probably looking at yeah, look, they'll need a win. They might make a few changes, but I, they might throw them in there full forward and, and maybe give Clifford a rest or something like that. Uh, but I don't think Keane will be taking his foot off the pedal too much because he, he wants to probably keep going and get the confidence going from championship. Yeah, and Danny, Joe mentioned con- confidence there. Like, you have to say, there isn't a whole lot of confidence in this Roscommon team at the moment. Um, they look like they're out of ideas and they they'll want to get some sort of confidence here because like they are playing go in a Connex semi final and it's not just automatically going to click for them then. No, I'm I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that Roscommon, you know, I suppose it's it's nearly it's a testament how far Roscommon have come when we were expecting them to beat you know I suppose Galway uh, last weekend and they didn't they didn't do it. Um, you know, I would say their performance against Dublin the week before was admirable. Um, I wouldn't have seen it as a as a total mismatch um, that we've seen maybe other teams um, playing against Dublin. They still went out and they attacked. They still scored. You know, they, they used to talk about this probably crept up in, in, in this last two seasons, but they used to talk about that 13 score um, stat that you nearly needed to re- keep teams to below that to, to win a game but I think that's probably crept up now with a forward mark and, and obviously uh, referees um, uh, blown a lot more but um, Roscommon 
yeah, I suppose the, Cunningham has done a really good job there. I I feel um, I think that yes, you're going to struggle to a certain degree because they don't have that Clifford, they don't have that Shane Walsh, they don't have Comer, they don't have something like that. Uh, but they've a very very good work ethic. They've a very very clear. I I would say they've a, you know they know that they want to go forward. Um, but you know it's about keeping that defence right and obviously Stevie Putcher who's a native of Down has come in there probably for that reason to try and get a wee bit more defensively structured um, uh, more aware of the responsibilities um, when, when the, they're not in possession um, and I think over time that that will be developed it'll not be done in one season but I think Roscommon have certainly they showed the ambition that they, they really want to push on with this team and uh, Yes, they're going to be in a in a relegation battle. Um, yes, they're going to be in a in, in a match in a semi comic semi final with Galway, but I don't see that by any means uh, against the brittle enough Galway um, and uh, comp, bit of confidence there that they have. I I don't see that uh, as a game that they can't win. Um, it's it's extraordinary because the leagues are only a few games, three games or four games this year. You know, one or two results can really, um, can really affect the team going forward for the year. You know, invariably you could have five matches this year, and that's about it. But you know, one game could also it could have the flip side, um, and it could really you know give a team a bit of confidence. So, um, you know, it's a big game this weekend for them. But you know, they they have that they have the experience and they've produced good results over the over the years, the last few seasons. So. You know, when Roscommon are eating at the top table, you have to say they're 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 doing something right. So um, I don't think confidence will be a problem. It's just about getting, you know, getting their system right, and and it's the sum of all parts rather than any individual brilliance that'll pull them through. You know, so it's about building them up. Has it surprised you, Paddy, to see um, Connor Cox not getting much game time this year, and Jeremy Merritt only brought on the last day as well? Well, I suppose it's maybe just something again. The, the... They just want to try out something different, like do you know what I mean? Like I know Cox when he came in, he made a you know he made a big impression, you know, and you know, and obviously the people have been aware maybe of his history with Kerry or or he did very good performance at UCC in the Sigerson Cup or whatever. Like so, but look, I suppose you know, I just you know, I just think it's more of a case of why are they not playing? It's just a case that they, maybe they're not happy with him or they want to get you know to try out new players and see if there's something different. Do you know what I mean? Or it could you you know you wouldn't know like, and I suppose it's it's it could be a case of just keeping guys on their toes. Do you know what I mean? Like. See, can they get a response come championship? Like maybe didn't play as well last year, or whatever. Like so, but like we like who knows? With the they've lost two games, but they might revert to type now and and um, possibly pick like you know you could see Cox and Martha back in the team then at the same time for the game on on um, on Sunday. Would be interesting to see. And the other game uh, in that uh, group is Galway in Dublin in Tune Stadium at three forty-five. Um, we talked previously last week, Joe, about. Seeing what goal we have character to be Roscommon, they got that done, but they're really going to know where they're at at five o'clock now on Sunday evening, you'd imagine. Yeah, they'll get a fair awakening there. Um, not up for it against Dublin, to be fair. It's um, it's going to be a good test for Galway because we have a question where they're at at the minute defensively um, and, and just sort of their will. and it, They're just, I don't know, it, it's as if they're nearly waiting for things to happen and they just expect things to happen as a team. And, and that's probably their natural way of, of playing football. 
um, you know, that purest, natural, you know, let's just let, let get the ball going. But we've got to probably step up things. And we spoke about it last week with guys uh, having to maybe come up with it. Not a fully defensive plan, but something a lot more structured than they were playing. And, and you could see it um, at the weekend, to be fair. You know, they, they were playing very intense. The turnovers were quite high. And, and the likes of Shane Walsh and Damon Coleman were the, were the leading force up front as well, which is, which is good to see. Um, look, it, it's, it's got to be a massive game. It's going to be very hard for them to, you know, get any run at Dublin because Dublin are playing with such confidence. Um, probably still not going 100 mile an hour at the minute as well. And they're probably another gear or two to go up. And um, I think even with Dean Rock to come back into the team, John Small is going to be a massive loss, though, you know. And he, he pulled his hamstring, it looked pretty severe. He had to be carried off the pitch. And, you know, if he's missing for Dublin in champ, come championship, you know, that's that's going to be massive for them. I, and you can say, oh, they'll bring someone in and that, but he's, he's their sort of key man at defence, you know. He's their son, man who lays down a mark. He's the boy who goes man marking and, and gets stuck in the boys. And it's, um, It'll be interesting to see who they put in there instead of uh, Billy McMahon might slip in and put someone to six, but um, or Brian Howard, like Brian Howard's only come on again at the weekend. It's 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 very funny how he can't get into the team, and um, so they could put McCarthy centre back and slip Brian Howard in midfield. You know, so look, they've options, but I just think John Small has been playing very well over the last sort of eighteen months, two years. That he will be a big loss to Dublin, and it's um. You know, I like. I don't think Dublin would be too worried about going to Galway, and it's it's it probably just shows where Galway are at. To be honest, you know that Dublin will have their confidence going in. They always do, and it's um, it'll it'll be a good reflection and see where Galway are at and their heads are at. To be honest, and if Joyce can come up with something, maybe slow Dublin down, and it might give them a chance. But I can't see um anything but a Dublin win here. Yeah, that's a good point you make about John Small. Um. Danny, do you think it's just an automatic switch where Keno Sullivan comes into six if John Small's injured? See, Keno Sullivan, Keno Sullivan, for you know, uh, Keno Sullivan when he first came in, uh, done a phenomenal job, and 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 obviously, you know, he could play midfield, he could play centre half back, he could sweep, you know, he was a real all rounder, fantastic head, fantastic reader, um, good distributor. And obviously, very, very athletic. Um, you know, people people would have said even I was coming near the end and stuff like that. Uh, I suppose in my own career, but I would have been a, uh, known Keane from uh, being being working in the bank along with myself. And uh, they would have said that he would have been the quickest man on the Dublin squad uh, when he initially came in. So he obviously had that athleticism and speed to um, to slip into that Dublin defence, and he was a real natural type of uh, uh, defender for want of a better word and, and a real man marker at times um, he's been decimated with injuries I would say that so you don't know how um, how robust his body is now um, and I suppose Dublin will look for a permanent solution there um, you know if, if Kane then gets injured or hamstring trouble or whatever else and John Smalls out, so, so do you shuffle the deck again. So I think Dublin will be looking to something more permanent and may afford one of the younger guys to try and stake a claim there because, you know, there'll be one eye in the championship as well there. And given what, what the injuries are like across all counties, a lot of soft tissue stuff, 
I would suspect that they'll probably try and look for something that's a wee bit more solid, a wee bit more seasoned, um, or th they'll give somebody a run. Listen, to be honest, the way Galway are at the back, uh, with obviously their purest tendencies, um, I, I reckon, I reckon uh, Dublin could win this match with a hangover. And, uh, you know, what better place to do that than, than Galway City's nightlife's very, very good. So I don't know if that's going to be, uh, it would be an ideal opportunity for them to do a bit, bit of bond and, and then the next day go out and, and, and beat Galway. So um, that might be a wee bit disrespectful to Galway, but honestly, I, I do feel that Galway really, yes, while the, the, the beat grows common, they're honestly going to need to take a look at their structure and their defence because... Um, I still believe that something's not right there as far as listen the Comer the Shane Walsh arguably Shane Walsh is one of the best forwards in Ireland but it's absolutely no good if Galway are beat at half time in games which when they've then they've played some of the big boys that's been precisely the problem you know half time game's over so it doesn't matter if Shane Walsh or, or, or Damien Comer's there or not you know for Galway, as Danny mentioned there, Paddy, um, they have previously set up with a traditional setup. It did look to have much more of a structure and a better work rate all over the field the last day. But even for the younger players now in defence, like it's going to be a huge challenge for them coming up against the Cormac Costellos and the Conor Callans. What it is like, but I suppose it just depends on the frame of mind you bring to it. Like so, again, like. We all, like do we highlight success just by winning matches? Like, you know, and I know obviously like there's kind of promotion, relegation, different things at stake here, like or winning a league, but like the bottom line coming from say right where Galway, um, the issues they had in the first day and then there's then there's some new players, like the bottom line is that they can come away from they go to try and win the game, but they come away from the game on Sunday feeling they've progressed defensively. Does that mean they can see that they keep a clean sheet? Not necessarily, but certainly, you know. And they have their own metrics or KPIs regards how well their defence needs to perform. But like I just think that they they have to approach the they have to approach the doubling game. You know, well basically they have to make sure when they're returning to training, possibly next Tuesday night, that they've got a performance against Dublin. Might necessarily get a result. I don't think you will get a result, but they've just got a performance. And I say performance, we'll just focus on defensively for now, like. And uh, but it's but it's, it's a huge ask. I think like and I think again, you look at lay back to the game last Sunday with Dublin and Kerry, right? Galway improved their work rate, but again, work rate wants to fight against Dublin. Like you, it's work rate, but again, you know, you need to be. It's up in your. It's upstairs, like you know, making good decisions. Or again, like you'll have this scenario. Was it um, the Paul Murphy mismatch with Concadon? That kind of scenario, you know, which wasn't, you know. So yeah, so look, overall, I just think. Um, uh, it's a massive test, but like the, the bottom line for Galway, they just have to make sure that you know that they they can they can still take a step forward defensively, um, without necessarily winning the game. And Paddy, from being a defender and a young player, how do you prepare yourself to go on one of the top forwards in the country for a game like this on Sunday? Make sure he was sleeper. I know, but like, um, <laughs> but like. Look, but it's but it's, it's another stepping stone, like and it, like I think right, it's like anything you you like you get picked to go onto the county panel because you have a certain level of ability. You might be the finished product, but then you've obviously maybe done well at under twenty or minor or played 
very well at club championship and then you come in then and like in Galway in-house training like say a cornerback or a, a wingback you're marking Damien Comer or you're marking a Shane Walsh and of course you might be more familiar but if you're performing well against them then you've got to take confidence from that you know what I mean and I think look it's just look you're in the environment here and even if you're marking a David Clifford we'll say who's the best or sorry when you're marking a Con Callan who might be we'll say up there as one of the top forwards and like you just have to, at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's the environment you're in. That's the challenge. And it's, of course, you're, it's a huge challenge, but you've just got to bring a, a positive mindset to it. And, they, you know, but like, because if you don't, you're, well, why are you there in, why are you there in the first place? You know, like, so. Um, well, it's a that. sinker. It's a sinker swim, isn't it, Paddy? Yeah. It's a sinker swim. And, and that's what inter-county football is about. It's, it's, a, it's about sinking and swimming. And, uh, the guys that are really good club footballers, we've seen them over the years and we've all seen them probably. Brilliant, brilliant club players. But when it comes to county football, just maybe don't cut it. And, you know, you've also maybe very average club players that seem to be able to, uh, you know, produce it on, on, you know, with the county team. And, uh, you know, that's just the way football is. You know, you have boys that can do both. You have boys that can do one or the other. And, you know, it's... Uh, but listen, at this level, you have to be able to, uh, you have to believe, believe, you have to fundamentally believe that you belong there. That's the first thing, um, and you need to be able to adapt really, really quickly at that level. You know, so that's what I think of the key learnings. And and obviously, there's a dedication and commitment. You have to give over your life if you if you want to pursue that life as well. But any guys that are doing that now, really, you know, there's, you know, they should they should be able to do that. You know? Well, Sorry for interjecting. No, but it's just saying, Larry. But isn't it kind of like it's a, te- it's a temperament thing? Like, isn't it like it's 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 like it can be a lot easier to be. Right, you're a very talented player, and you can you'll always be the talent at club level. Like, so you'll always have that status. Like, and then but then sometimes it's a risk, possibly to expose yourself to the county game. No, again, I'm not saying that's loads of players, but it would be. We'd all be aware of players like that. Like, or you know, and um, yeah. So I think that happens sometimes, and that's why then the guy that. Maybe not so talented player, like, but he has a good, you know, good personality, good temperament, good team player, applies himself hundred percent, and then that's why then you know um, he's able to do a certain role then in the county level, like you know, and um, I suppose that's the it's all part of it, the the whole process of developing players, I suppose. Moving on to Division Two North, uh, Mayo and me, obviously uh, this weekend, Joe. I think it's vital now for me. To- and a huge chance, similar to Irma, to push on and try and beat a big team. Yeah, and, and it'd be a it'd be a good sort of uh, indication to Andy where where the team's at. You know, we've we obviously um, Westmead and you know Westmead have performed quite well. They've done quite well against Mayo and put them quite tight. They are quite defensive, and it probably doesn't suit our style of play. Uh, the way we build up through the hand and. and um, next thing allow defences to get the shape and they probably didn't suit us against Westmead that in the first game and um, the down game we probably looked a, a wee bit more fluid when we're moving the ball through the forward line you know um, our forward line was you know linking well a couple of goal opportunities you know created a few more goals scored a couple of goals in the, in the last 15-20 when the probably game was opened up in the full back line for down and uh, then we're obviously trying to push on to try and get a result as well so that probably helped that ourselves so yeah it, it, it is a big opportunity now to step up step up that level and see if we can compete and and, and be at the top table and, and that's something Andy will be pushing towards the lads this weekend and 
I think more so for for ourselves than Mayo. I think it's a it's a massive, massive game for ourselves. Mayo will take it or leave it. You know, if they win, they're, they're probably expecting to beat us anyway. But if they lose, they're, they're probably not going to be too worried. Um, you know, so for, for me, they have to put a lot of emphasis on this game, especially going into a, a very tough Leinster campaign in a couple of weeks' time. And it's um, it's something to build confidence into, especially a couple of the younger players that have come into the squad. Um, you know, Mayo have been one of the top teams over the last seven or eight years. And and if we can show we can compete, um, you know, that will build build confidence into the players and, and into the whole squad. And Look, is, is, is it possible? It's definitely possible, but it, it's going to be very tough. Mayo, a very seasoned team, even with the young lads coming in, they seem to be very clued into where they're at. So there, we were talking about sort of players coming into squads there, and you know the Mayo players look like that's their job. You know, half backs, half forwards, um, cornerbacks. You know, they they seem very comfortable in their positions, and they just they've slotted in quite well. I did finish our article. No, not it, not at all yet. But I, I think they they are coming slowly, and that they will get back with the type of the young players that they have coming through, mixed in with the the experienced players. So. Look, it, it will. It'll be a massive test for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm obviously hoping that we, we can get a win and get a result, but I think it's just going to be very tight for us to be able to beat Mayo. I think they're probably just a couple of steps ahead of us just at the minute. Um, but you know, if we can, it's just going to create a lot of confidence going forward. Do you think for Mayo as well, Joe, that Colin Boyle was obviously first on the last day? Do you think he's a player that can still play a role for Mayo? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. He's um, his his fitness levels are t- top class. You know, he's he might be aging a wee bit, but he's he's made out the same mold as Danny there. Like these boys on the wing, just just fit forever. Like, and you know, it's just he he's a lad that you'd have on your team and have going to war every single day. And he's um he he's gonna be a big boost if if he's back fit and ready to go because. With some of the younger lads, he'll be a player that will drive them on in in the in sort of the come the Connacht Championship and and hopefully for Mayo what they'll be expecting into an All Ireland series. So he's um it's good to see him there, and you know I'm sure some of the the older players on the squad would like to see him playing and 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 pushing on as well. Like they have, they have a lot of strong players. You know, Paddy Dirk is is turned out to be you know top players, and even last year I thought he was close to Player of the Year and. He, he's took that form on again and you know two O'Connors you know that they'll bring everyone to the game um, but I think midfield I still spoke about it I think they're still going to struggle I think they need to get an out and out midfielder because against the top teams against the Dublins carries you know that they, they, they will struggle and um, look it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting and it's it's good to see Mayo competing and back to come level that they should be at that they obviously have transitioned with a lot of players stepping aside over the last couple of years and even only in the, the off season so it's um it's something Mayo will they'll be excited about I think you know there's a lot of good players coming through and um, mixed with the likes of Colin Boyle and the O'Connors and um, even with Aidan O'Shea to come back you know I'm not too sure I think was it a four week injury that he had so you know you'd like to see he might he might you know play some minutes this weekend. I think Mayo probably need to get a couple of minutes into him for, for the Connacht Championship. Like for him, he'd be well used to, he'd be fine, but it'd be nice to see him get back onto the pitch and just give the, 
the Mayo supporters some some sort of hope that he will be available and, and flying fit for a Connacht Championship. The other game in a, that division, Danny, um, both sides are already in the relegation playoff uh, between Down and Westmead, but do you think Down have a chance here? Are they going to struggle again? Oh, um, what do you say? What do you, uh, I think Westmead will win this game because we're so poor. Um, and listen, Joe, Joe said it there. You know, Mees, you know, Mees, I suppose, and Westmead, it could have went either way on Thursday with them. Um, I think down or the stage. And, you know, there's no point, I suppose, from my perspective, in you know, dissecting uh, the performances this year or, you know, reasons why there's numerous, as we've discussed before, there's numerous, numerous reasons why we don't find ourselves in this position. We're, we're at a low, there's no doubt about that. We're, we're in a low period. Uh, we're in a low period where players, there's an apathy. Uh, there's certainly an apathy towards playing for the county at the minute. And there seems to be even an apathy in people wanting to go to watch it or tuning in to watch it and stuff like that. Very, very little talk about the, the county team at the minute. And, uh, you know, I think Paddy Talley even said himself this week that, you know, he he felt frustrated himself with guys that hadn't committed, uh, guys that, you know, d- need to dedicate their life to county football. And, uh, you know, it's just not happening at the minute. And, um, you know, with injuries and different things that have beset the, the squad, down just won't have enough up front. And it's not through lack of commitment or dedication. It's just that we don't have enough quality, probably. Um, and that's no fault of the players because the, the players are every bit as committed in, in down as they are in Dublin or in Kerry or or or, or Mayo. Um, it's just we, we don't have that X factor um, at the minute. Um, and I really don't see how we're going to go with such low confidence and, and be the West Meath team uh, that probably, you know, will take a wee bit out of out of the, the you know, the Meath game the first day and probably having that wee bit more in them, you know. Um, so that's, that's a, I, I see West Meath winning that game down invariably, just they're up against it and uh, I have to be realistic about what, what we're seeing. Um and again, we are where we are, and there's there's no one reason for that. It's just the way it is. Um, so it's unfortunate. But you talked the about the struggle there, though. Like, has the been has the foot been taken off the gas at underage level for down, or is it just the quality's not there at the minute? The the quality's not there. Um, schools aren't producing. There's there's no joint up thinking between the schools and and probably the county board. Um, you know, when we were successful, you had a very, very strong uh, grammar grammar school network there with McCrory Cups. You had also a very strong vocational element from from that, uh, the vocational schools competition. And we're just not producing the players. Uh, we've had problems around midfield and big athletic strong guys, um, free takers as well, absence of that. And, and those are things that, you can develop, but you can't uh, create six foot three or six foot four athletic midfielders. Um, unfortunately, you can't do that. We, we probably need to take a few young Mays men 
that want to maybe settle around this part of the country. And uh, you need to keep them. Don't worry, we need to really be keeping them all. We've lost and, them. Uh, you know, find them, find them, uh, find them partners up this end of the country. You know, so I just, it just Paul. There's, there's no one reason. There's numerous reasons, but you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it is what it is, and uh, we have to be realistic. But there's, you know, there's no point in pointing the finger or blame at any one person. Uh, just moving on to the other group then, uh, Division 2 South. Uh, Clare and Cork is a huge game on Sunday at 1.45. Um, and Joe, Clare have been the story of the league probably so far. Um, and then Cork, I suppose after a bit of minor and under 20 success, we were taught they were building, but they look poor and out of ideas so far in the league. Yeah, and especially after last year, you know, I know, Months to find, but after beating Kerry, you imagine they would have brought them on and, and build confidence into the team and the squad. But yeah, they, they just look like they don't know their best team, you know. And Paul, you probably give you more of an insight and sort of the type of players that are around and maybe players aren't involved. But it's um, it's just a shock because we were expecting big things from Cork and, and a good show, but it just hasn't come. And it's it's just very, and I think it's more the inconsistency, and they might have to do that because. I know there's a lot of work being put into the county board and, and sort of the development squads and, and the actual players and the whole setup down there over the last sort of two, three years. They brought ex past players in to maybe get involved on committees and onto development squads, which is great to see. And, um, you know, it probably might just take an extra couple of years or even next year that they'll start seeing consistent success. And, and that's what they need, you know. But you've got to look at Clary. It's Oh, young old Clare, he, he's shooting the lights out and he, he's one of the players of the league at the minute and it's great to see. You'd love to see a new fella coming on on the scene that hasn't sort of, hasn't, hasn't got a big high profile and, and, and starts competing and showing how good he is. And um, I don't know too much about him, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get to know a lot about him over the next couple of weeks and months ahead come championship. But he's 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 looking like he's... He's a fine footballer and he can kick scores from every angle outside the left. And it, it, it's just, he's, um, it, it's great to see. It's very refreshing. And I'm sure Claire would love, love that to see the type, that type of quality and, and skill level in, in the squad. And, you know, they're playing with no fear at the minute, you know. And we thought with Gary Brennan stepping down and retiring that a big, big sort of player like himself, you know, great presence around the team, managed to carry Claire for years. and you know, it's no disrespect to the other players. And maybe, as Paulie said earlier, that, you know, when a player like he, Gary steps away, the pressure has to be put on to other players and, and they take up the mantle pretty well. And, you know, it looks like it's happening. And, you know, with Collins as, as the manager, like, he, he, he's very astute. He's, uh, you know, he's very clever and knows knows football very well. And um, he's getting the best out of them, out of the Clare players. And um, he's putting them in a great position to get <laughs> promoted to Division One, you know, and it's... There's no disrespect to laughing about it. It's but to see where they've come from and to move and be in a position to try and get to promote Division One, it's it's fantastic for them and it's um, it's great to see. Yeah, you really have to feel that Colin Collins over the last few years, he's not really getting the credit he deserves to where Claire at at all when he came in. No, absolutely not. And you know what he's done is just fantastic. And you know he has his players playing for me. Even the way he talks about it, it's everything about the players. Um, and and that's that's the most important thing, and that's how you get the respect, and you get players literally working and dying for you on the pitch, and and 
it shows because them players will do anything for them. The next game, um, Leash and Kildare in that division. Um, I suppose we were kind of big enough Kildare after round one and similar enough to court. They just showed that inconsistency again. And as you were saying, Leash are struggling this year. Um, and if Kildare win this, it should be enough to see them through. And you'd have to think that there's going to be a bit more consistency in their play. And like that defeat will definitely hurt Jack O'Connor and his team. Yeah, and it, it was like we spoke about Kildare, and they're just like it's a game they should have won last week. It was there for them to, to take, there for them to win, but they just seem to sort of shrink as soon as the pressure comes on. Um, fine when the game's free flowing, you know, things are going well for them, but it's when the, the you know, the, the pressure comes on and they have to, that their main players have to stand up, and it, it, it just doesn't seem to be there for them. Um, you know, they put pressure on themselves. Like, I don't think Leash are going to be overly strong and, and much of a competition for them at, at the weekend but look it's a game they still have to win and as we said or you could lay pressure comes on and it could happen and they don't play to their usual strength um, and their ability so I expect them to beat Leash and Leash I think uh, you know sort of resigned to the fact that they're probably going to struggle and probably will go back down Division 3 and they're probably at that level at the minute with very little um, players coming through and they're still relying a lot of the older players from um, even seven, eight years ago and it, it's probably like all the scoring load goes on to Donny Kingston and he's probably you know, hanging around and he's probably even not as fit as that he sh- should be but he's still able to carry and, and, and be top scorer for the team and it's uh, it just probably shows well Leisha at the minute, you know uh, for a team and a county that have used to produce so many young young players and you know, all the underage six years ago, the minor teams that they had it's frustrating, I'd imagine, for the Leash players and Leash supporters that they probably step back quite a lot and it doesn't seem to be as much emphasis put onto the players and getting the success into the team. And the game in Division 3 North, Division Three North, just moving on to that, um, Derry are playing Cavan, but has it surprised you in one way because Rory Gallagher has got a lot of negative criticism in the media for being defensive, but Derry are putting up huge scores in their last two games. Yeah, I think they've scored nine goals or ten goals in the yeah. Um, very, very attacking. I was only speaking to someone else during the, the week. You know, they're probably the team in the league at the minute. Um, playing open, expansive football. Connor Glass, massive addition back to them. And that's no coincidence that they're going well and Connor Glass is after coming back. I've seen a catch he made during the week. Um, you know, he's... And like a player of his ability to come in to a team that probably wasn't at a level that he's accustomed to will bring them on you know a player coming back from um, the AFL he'll bring that professionalism professionalism into the camp you know lads will bounce off him you know will create an aura around the change room that the professional athlete would will, will, will see um, and you know it, it seems like the Derry players have, have reacted very well and um, it's going to be tough Cavan had a good win you know they got back up and back up and running after a disappointment of the first First loss, so I'd imagine it would be a tight, it'll be a tight game. You know, uh, I still think Cavan are probably the better footballing team. They're probably the better players, um, all all round. So, uh, but there's no substitute for confidence in winning games. You know, you know, winning games just breeds confidence, and you can get used to winning. You know, and it's if every boys, I know it's only two wins, but the way they've won, the style of play that they're playing. Um, 
it, it looks like it, it's having a very good impact on the team. And um, as we say, like that their scoring rate is, is probably the top in out of the four divisions so far. So um, if they keep doing that, put the pressure on Cavan early on, and you know we'll see see what Cavan are made of. But I, I I'd imagine Cavan just see it out. Yeah, and the amazing thing about this division is uh, last year's Ulster champions, Cavan, and last year's Munster champions, Tiff, could be in the Division 3 relegation playoffs. Yeah, it's funny, like, you know, and it's amazing how things swing around. Um, you know, one minute you're up, one, one minute you're down, and, and that's just sport in general, and you've just got to take that, unfortunately. And look, it's, um, Tiff will be very disappointed in sort of how they start off the league, and they'll... Um, they obviously have to bounce back and it's I, I don't think that's going to be the case with the two teams going into a relegation battle I, I'd imagine that Cavan will win um, so look it, it'll be interesting to see how things do pan out because it's quite tight Division 4 North the fixture there Sligo Loud Leitrim Antrim Antrim look like they're already true and then Division 4 South uh, Wexford play Cairo just on Wexford losing to Waterford last weekend does it surprise you how poor they've actually went because They've have hit rock bottom now, really. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I, I read the article that Paul Galvin came out with during the week about sort of the football being put back in uh, sort of the back seat down in Wexford, and maybe that's how the impact it's having. And um, look, I can't speak on it. I don't know, but it's it's obviously what Paul Galvin sort of had noticed when he was there, and that's why he left. And um, you know, when when the effort is not put into a team, and the players will not give back. You know, if if they feel that they're being undercut and they're not being given the same as maybe the hurling team or another team, you know, it, it's it's just a natural reaction. You know, if if the players feel wanted and are looked after well and every effort is put into them, they'll give a hundred percent back. And, and it doesn't seem to be happening in Wexford. I don't know what's happening down there. There's obviously there's issues one way or the other, but they're going to have to sort it out quick because they'll be relegated. And well. They're down there anyway, but they'll have a very bad um length of championship and, and it's it's not looking good for them going into the future. No, not at all. But some great games to look forward to in round three. But uh Joe Sheridan, thanks very much for your time.